0: Talk about it's time for you to enter to your, into your purpose, enter your purpose, enter your purpose, enter why you're here. Uh, yeah, it's time. It's time. It's time. You know, after after Jesus finished praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was taken by force to the cross. But that didn't bother Jesus because he had already won the victory. And I get this; he had already. Won the victory in prayer. It already got it in prayer. Remember yesterday I told you that's where you get the victory first in the spirit, in prayer. You get that, that's, look, you don't start, you don't, you don't start the overt thing until you, you get it straight and get the approval in the spirit and Jesus Christ had already won the victory in prayer. And he was walking in perfect peace. And that's what will happen when victory is gotten first in the spirit. You walk in perfect peace. And uh, and so Jesus knew uh, the circumstances would be difficult. He knew that going to the cross would fulfill his ultimate purpose for the kingdom. And we need to ask God, I believe, to give us the same grace as we move closer to our ultimate purpose because we must suffer with Christ before we reign with him. That's 2 Timothy 2, verse 12. So in Gethsemane, say that with me, in Gethsemane, thank God for a Gethsemane. Every Christian ought to have a Gethsemane. Every believer, that's a, Gethsemane is a good place for you to be. In Gethsemane, we should come to the understanding that we don't see things the way God sees them. That his thoughts and ways are much higher than ours, according to scripture. Gethsemane will help you see that. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. And by the time we've embraced God's cup, having cried many, many tears before him, we should be walking in agreement with his will. We should have peace in our heart that God's word will never return to him void concerning our purpose. Because he has declared in his word, Isaiah five five 55, verse number 11, that it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing where to I set it. Now, if we are honest with ourselves, we will admit that some spiritual successes have to be forced. Now, I'm going to say that again. If we would be, now I'm not saying that it should be that way or ought to be, I'm saying if we would be honest with ourselves, we will admit that some spiritual successes have to be forced. Now let me explain what I'm talking about. Some people, some, never, will never paint their house until they get a letter from the civic association. Some, some will never start giving their employer eight honest hours of work until they get a letter saying that the company is letting people go. Some believers have become so comfortable in their walk with Christ that God has to allow difficult situations because of them. Not because of God, but because of them. Some believers, some Christians have become so comfortable in their walk with Christ that things has to happen and God has to allow it to happen before they'll do anything for the Lord. we get comfortable it happens with me, you know it ain't on God's part, it's on my part, and you know we need to put a check there, a check beware, beware when you are too comfortable on the path of destiny. It can happen to any of us. It can happen to the best of us. You start doing so well, so good. Somebody need to pull your coat. Glory to God. I'm telling you, it can happen to the best of us. Now, I want you to walk with me through this because When everything is easy and all seems to be going well, the enemy may try to lure you into a deep spiritual sleep. Yeah, you're doing so well now. You ain't got to do this now. You don't have to do this. Take it easy. Yeah, the devil is, he's crafty. That devil is smart. And he'll never stop. He's going to always be trying to pull something. And he waits until a certain time. Oh, he's smart. He'll do anything to make you miss your destiny. He'll try to lure you into that spiritual sleep. But you know, Jesus was pressed all the way to Calvary. Jesus was pressed all the way to Calvary. It was not easy, not one iota. All the way to Calvary, he was in a press. He pressed all the way to Calvary, but he didn't resist it. What about you? Has God been dealing with you about moving into your ultimate purpose? but you've been avoiding it? What's keeping you from giving up life as you've known it so that you can find it again in the Lord? Jesus wasn't purposed to feed 5,000 men with five loaves and two fishes. He wasn't purposed to heal blind Bartimaeus. His ultimate purpose Was not to turn water into wine or to raise Lazarus from the grave. All of his acts of obedience were just byproducts of the Father's ultimate goal. For Jesus to die on the cross and to rise again, that was his ultimate purpose. That was the reason that he was sent into the world to destroy the works of the devil. And the only way that could come to pass was Calvary. Calvary, the blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, the blood still works today. The blood still works today. I want to tell you something since I'm talking about the blood. You don't have to plead the blood, just apply the blood. That's all you got to do. Yeah, I'm telling telling some of y'all right now, you ain't got to plead nothing. Just apply it. And as you follow your path of destiny, God will use you to do many things for the kingdom. Whose kingdom? His kingdom. Now let me say a word to you about uh, it's time. To unlock your destiny. It's time. It's time folks. It's time for you to stop making excuses. I'm going to do this when my kids get grown. And uh, I don't have to worry about them. I'm going to do this when I get a better job. I'm going to do this when my health gets a little bit better. I mean we can come up with it. <laughs> but yet, it doesn't stop us from the, all of the other stuff that we want to do. But when it comes down to the Lord and us fulfilling the ultimate, the ultimate assignment, well, we fall short. And you know something? The cross was designed for Jesus. The cross. Was designed for Jesus. That's why you got a cross too. That's designed for you. No one else could take his place. And no one else can fulfill your destiny. So what is your ultimate purpose? Have you discovered it yet? What is your path of destiny? No matter where you live. No matter what you do for a living. No matter why you attend church, your ultimate purpose is to touch. Say that with me. Touch. Touch lives and be a witness for the almighty God who is the fountainhead of it all. You know, there's a word in your mouth that God can use to save, to heal, to deliver, And God knows how to do all of that. But he needs a mouth like yours and mine. And there are people that only you and I can reach for Jesus. And you'll find them both inside and outside of the church. Yeah, they're sitting up in the church, dressed all up. Some of them are preaching, some are singing. Some are amen in everything, and some are sitting up front. Some are sitting in the middle. Some are sitting at the back. Some are just hanging out in the foyer. You know, all of this goes on today. But I'm here to tell you that the Lord can use me and you to save those people to get a good word to those people that can wake them up on the inside. God knows how to do all of that, but he needs my mouth and your mouth. He needs my commitment and your commitment. God needs my availability and your availability. He needs for you and I to stop making excuses. Yeah, I put myself in it because yeah, I'm saved. I know I am. I am filled with the Holy Spirit of God. I preach, I pastor, I teach. But this human frame that I'm in, this mud frame that I'm in is still subject to all of the things out here in this world and 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 uh weakness and and uh lack of this and uh not doing this and laziness and I'm subject to all of that. Glory to God. But you know, if you have received it, God has also given you power to tell people about Jesus. That's something that I try to remember because when I'm going through my moments, when I'm going through my moments, I have my moments. When I'm going through my moments and and I said, well, Lord, I don't know how in the world am I going to do this. And I don't know. Uh, I'm glad for the Holy Spirit who lives in me, who reminds me that the he, greater, that, greater is he that is in me than anything that's out there in the world. My assignment, whatever my assignment is, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for reminding me that I don't have to retreat. I don't have to back up. I don't have to postpone. I don't have to put off. All I got to do is just go ahead on and pick my foot up and, and put it down. Pick it up, put it down. Pick it up, put it down. When I, and when I pick it up and put it down, God puts some ground under my foot. Thank God. Thank God. Because he, he empowers us. He gives us the power and the strength to carry out the assignment. Now, there's a word that I want to, uh, uh, to just briefly mention to you that's in the book of Acts chapter 1, uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. Uh, I want to uh, rehearse these books, chapter and verses to you because what it's talking about is the power that the Lord has given to us and uh, he backs us up when we obey him with signs and wonders, following. Signs and wonders following our obedience. And you see, that's what confirms the message that we're giving. Now, he promised he would do that. And, and he does that. I know he does it with me. And, um, uh, so let, let, let me ask you again. What has kept you from fulfilling your ultimate purpose? What, what is it that's keeping you from being a witness for Jesus. I can see you in my mind's eye right now, sitting in, in that chair, lying on that bed. I don't know, you may be sitting in your car, listening to me and watching me. You might be uh, at your office, I don't know. And I can see you in my mind's eye, saying, you know what, I'm going to do this, but 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 I'm going to do this. I, I'm going to do this, but but, but I'm going to do, I, I, do it. I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. But 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 I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this here. You got to be very careful about that because you are entering into procrastination. That's, the devil knows how. He knows how to manipulate our 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 thought processes. He knows how to do it. He knows how to make us just just say stuff to ourselves. The devil knows how to make make us just just say stuff. You know, good intentions, but 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 we don't ever get around to it. He, the devil is a manipulator of, of the mind. Glory to God, and that is why uh, the mind needs should be uh, uh, re- regulated every day through by the word of God. You know, uh, renewed is a is a, is 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 a biblical word. Our mind needs to be renewed every day from the word of God because the devil knows how to. He knows how to how to get in and and matriculate and all of that kind of a thing. You know, uh, oh yeah, he's a. He is a mind matriculator, the devil is. Now, perhaps you are afraid of being persecuted for sharing your testimony. If you are, here's a good word for you. In Matthew chapter 10, verses uh, 16 through 20, I'm going to read them to you. Listen up, if you will. Now, these are the words of Jesus Christ. Behold, he says, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents. That's a good word, wise as serpents, harmless as dove, but beware of men. For they will deliver you up to to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues, and you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, Take no thought how or what you shall speak. For it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not you that speak, but the Spirit of the Father, which speaks in and through you. Now that's the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord. Now do you see all of this that the Lord has given us here? I mean he's given us strategy. He's given us wisdom here. I mean, he's even implicating here that the importance of the Word of God and how valuable the Word of God is and and how necessary it is for us to get that Word in us uh, because it is that Word that the Holy Spirit works with. Yeah, the Holy Spirit works with that Word That's in us. Now the word got to be where? In us. And the Holy Spirit works with that word that's in us and causes that word to rise up in us and overflow through our mouths. And that's why the scripture says, it's really not you speaking, but it's really me, says the Father. Praise God, praise God. And so um, it's time for you to unlock your destiny, becoming a witness for Jesus, becoming a witness for Jesus. That's a turning point. That's a turning point in your destiny. You know, you've come through the wilderness. I taught you that. So you learn how to speak the word over your life. You've embraced your calling. And receive the oil to enter your purpose at Gethsemane. I've taught you that. And now you're standing at the cross. Where? At the cross. That's a a good place to be standing. Will you take up your cross and follow Jesus? As you witness to others, the word of the Lord will either draw them to Jesus or it will drive them away from Jesus. But don't let that stop you. Don't let that stop you from telling people about the good things the Lord has done for you. Now, something else that Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, 25, verses 32, 33. Now, keep in mind, Jesus is talking And he told his disciples that were following him then. But guess what? Guess who he's talking to now? He's talking to me. He's talking to you. Why? Because I'm a disciple. You're a disciple. Praise God. See, we don't have to leave this back there with Peter, James, and John, and Bartholomew and all of them. No. You know, they serve their generation and their day. But he's talking to me and talking to you. That this word is so relevant for the now. That's why the word of God, it ain't obsolete. The word of God is not old, fogey, obsolete. The word of God is on time. It's a now word. I mean a right now word and a relevant word. It's a pregnant word. It is a word that's always giving forth new revelation fresh wisdom, new directions, instructions. And you know, here's what he said. You shall be hated of all men. Why? For my name's sake. That's the truth, folks. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. It is enough for the disciple that he... Be as his master and the servant as his Lord. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. That's the word of the Lord. Now Jesus said something here. He said these words right before he declared Matthew 1034. Now listen what he said in Matthew 10 34. Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. What a word. Now he said this now right before, right before he 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 said. He, 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 he declared this now, think not, think not, think not, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. Now, this verse probably sounds familiar to you because I quoted it in chapter 3. And this is also the sword of the spirit in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. And the two-edged sword in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. Do you see the word here? The sword of the spirit, the word. So all he's talking about here. And so now I want you to read with me and think with me. He says, let us labor therefore to enter into the rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, and here's what it does, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now that's Matthew. Uh, that's Hebrews chapter four, verse eleven and twelve. My God, my God! Look, look, all look, all of this. Uh, Matthew chapter ten. I gave you those verses, uh, and 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 uh, I, I I gave you uh, and so here I am now. Hebrews chapter four, eleven and twelve. All of this. Look, it's talking about nothing but the sword of the spirit. The word of God, how powerful it is that the word of God is quick. It's a discerner of the the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And it divides asunder of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. What can do that? The word of God. Can't nothing else do that. Nothing. And, folks, that's why I don't care how you try. I don't care where you go to try to find something new or different. The only thing that's going to work, and I mean really, really work for you in your ministry is the teaching of the word of the living God. Because, again, I'm going to read this to you. It is the word of God that is quick and powerful and sharper piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. Are you getting this? The joints and the marrow and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Folks, can't nobody can't nothing do that but the word of God. That's why the word of God is so necessary and so needed and so powerful. Now, some of y'all, y'all can keep playing with the word if you want to. You can keep playing around with it if you want to. But death and life is in the power of the tongue.